0: Hello and welcome to another Sports Next Door podcast. My name is Owen. Today is Monday, December 11th, and I am joined, as I always am, by my neighbor Max. How's it going, my friend?
1: A little and cut open, a little sleepy. Looking forward to it not being this dark when we record at
0: 5.30, um, but always good to see you. How about you? Yeah, we are in the deepest, darkest part of the calendar here. I uh I'm doing well. I, I'm always better on the first end of the shortest month, two months of the year than the back end of it. Hmm. Cause my birthday falls around now, Christmas falls around now. It's really that January, February where things get much more difficult. And we generally have less sports to talk about. It's almost that dog days of the NHL NBA season before you really kick into the final playoff push, which is why the in-season, in-season tournament is a thing, and we'll talk about that on today's podcast. But beyond that, um, hanging in there. Hope everyone else out there listening is doing well as well. And uh, I'm I'm ha- I'm excited to chop it up again with you today.
1: Yeah, I mean there is one sport kind of going on in January February, and I think we're going to lead with that as it's building suspense and tension maybe i don't know tell me
0: about it yeah week 14 four weeks left now of the nfl season after this past weekend jumping into our recap of the week and lots decided or lots still up for grabs so much more up for grabs we now have 13 teams in the nfl that are either six and seven or seven and six wow the majority of those teams live in the AFC because the Houston Texans lost in probably the worst game of CJ Stroud's early career to the New York Jets. This game was 0-0 at halftime, one of two mm-hmm. games that was 0-0 at halftime this weekend. Uh, the other being a 3 nothing Minnesota Vikings win against the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders.
1: That is a hockey score. You said 6 nothing last week, and I almost called it a hockey score, but 3 nothing. Yeah is a soccer score
0: Uh, yeah i didn't even have it on my list to talk about but i guess it deserves the shout out right off the top uh we also get the ravens winning on a walk-off overtime punt return touchdown doesn't get more electric than that shout out to tyron wallace and the rams uh drop i believe six and seven on the season jake browning continuing to play like Joe Burrow a phenomenal performance once again as they beat the Colts both of those teams are now seven and six or six and seven the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took first place in the NFC South with a win over the Atlanta Falcons 29 to 25 both of those teams now either seven and six or six and seven the Cleveland Browns are not seven and six they move up to eight and five with a win against the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. That's a big one to keep their playoffs hopes alive and and stay out of that big muck of teams all in that range and they hold on to currently the fifth seed in the AFC a big win there even with all the injuries they've had this season. Joe Flacco making a resurgence of all people. Mm. The Chicago Bears get a upset win over the Detroit Lions. The Lions, a team that a loss like this really opens the door to the fraudulent conversation. A lot of concerns about their defense, but their offense, which has been typically their really strong performer on both sides of the ball, held to 13 points today by the Bears defense, who continue to stay frisky even after moving off of some key pieces and and looking to tank. They now can focus on building towards winning because they have Carolina's pick who lost to New Orleans again today. And they're almost locked in for the first overall pick at this point. Uh, While Uh they can still go for the playoffs, they're now only one game back at five and seven. It's a realistic chance that with games against the Packers and the Vikings still left to go, that they could hurdle those teams into the last wildcard spot. My Broncos get back to their winning ways, now 6-1 and in their last seven. They get some help. Justin Herbert fractures his right index finger, misses the entire game. Uh, So a complete win for the Broncos from start to finish. They now catch the Lions in Detroit next weekend. Uh, That could be a game where you just see Denver really assert themselves as a potential playoff team. If they win and Kansas City lose, then they'll be tied for the division. They're only wow. one game back at KC now. What was the is it like a 0-4 start or like one and five? Wow. Yeah. So we're right there in the picture. Only in this position because the Buffalo's going to Kansas City once again and get a win in the regular season. Now, Max, I don't know if you saw this, but this was the quote controversy of the week here. Kansas City Chiefs down by a field goal with about a minute or so left to go. Patrick Mahomes hits Travis Kelsey. He's running. He's got wide open space in front of him. Three defenders start to converge, and he whips the lateral 15 yards across the field to Kadarius Tony, who walks in for the easy touchdown. Okay. And it all gets called back because Tony lined up offside. It was a very obvious offside call. He was lined up in front of the ball. Patrick Mahomes was furious after the game because he had never seen offensive offsides called against his team. It would have been more controversial if it wasn't so; if it was more ticky tack, but it was pretty blatant that he was offside, and the refs are always going to call that. And it's a really tough pill to swallow for Chiefs fans, as the Bills didn't look much better, but they were able to win in a war of sloppy battle between two AFC heavyweights from the past five years who have really not shown themselves to be very strong and and the afc is simply wide open for the dolphins who are going to play tonight against the titans and have a chance to take a stranglehold on the on the one seed along with baltimore last two games to talk about here the 49ers now are the one seed in the nfc following their win in a pretty physical chippy affair with the Seahawks. DK Metcalf, if they're not winning, he's typically getting thrown out of games. (laughs) Explodes in a tirade of frustration, uh, gets thrown out of that game. Gino also leaves this game with Drew Locke coming in to take snaps. Not the best if you're a Seahawks fan and and things are kind of going off the rails there. They're now six and seven. And then to crown off, the Dallas Cowboys biggest win probably this century in their franchise's history beating the Philadelphia Eagles at home convincingly 33 to 13 oh boy Uh, and and one of those Eagles touchdowns was a fumble recovery for a touchdown so really stifled the Philadelphia offense and AJ Brown was getting bothered all night by Stefan Gilmore Micah Parsons won his matchup over Lane Johnson Not many can say they've beaten Lane Johnson one-on-one in that battle of the trenches. And then on offense, the Cowboys continue to roll. They average nearly 40 points a game at home. And the Eagles defense has been the most vulnerable it's been in the past four or five years. And Dallas just looked like they could score with ease. They now hurdle the Eagles into the top of the NFC East. Both teams tied at 10-3. and And there's going to be some really exciting games here down the stretch to see who's going to A, win that division, and then B, compete with the Niners for that one seed in the NFC. You still have the Niners as the best team in the league, or is that? I, I'd, I'd say so. Because you look at the two teams right under them, Cowboys-Eagles, they beat those teams by like a combined 40 points. So yeah. it, at least compared to their peers, they appear to be far away the best team. And at this point now, we're looking at a matchup between Dak and Purdy for MVP. Who would wow. have thought, right? Because it's just going to go to the quarterback on one of the best teams. And those yeah. two have the best stats and, and signature wins right now. Parsons doesn't have a shot. Like, it's both teams have stellar defense. No one except no? the quarterback wins MVP. Yeah. The last one to do, I think, was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Yeah. And the only real argument you can make for any other positional player would be Tyreek Hill. If he puts up over 2,200 yards this season and the Dolphins get the one seed, that's potentially the only other guy who could sneak into the picture. Push up here with the fantasy player of the week. It's been tough sledding, especially with some poor performances from Travis Kelsey the last couple of weeks. He did end up having a good night against Buffalo, but I wanted to shout out Evan Ingram, who has never been a top fantasy performer. And these past couple of weeks has been a really solid tight end option for the Jaguars catching two touchdowns this week against Cleveland. And it was the last week of the regular season. He probably helped jump some people into the playoff picture. Definitely not me. I am out of the playoffs in both of my leagues, sadly. This is what happens when you auto-draft. Um, mm. But I'll take traveling to Italy every time. And uh, yeah, tough year in fantasy for me, but we'll be back in better than ever in next year. All right. That does it for Football Fan Cave here. I think we got to go into the next biggest news of the weekend. Yeah, um, Kawhi Madness was something I never thought we'd see again. And it felt twofold, despite the fact that there wasn't any real physical evidence to implicate that Otonga did to Toronto. And that Friday afternoon at work, was one of the most excited I've ever been as a sports fan. If you can believe it or not, it's just true giddiness at the fact that I was following a plane on a flight tracker headed from Santa Ana to Toronto. Seeing, I guess, deep fake videos of him getting off the plane, going through oh, Pearson man. Customs. It, that One of them had a Christmas tree in the background. Wow. It just...
1: What was the goal of all this subterfuge like just to fuck with people?
0: I guess well yeah I I don't know but John Morosi comes out the next day apologizes for the inaccurate reporting. Who knows where the rest of the rumors came from that Yusei Kikuchi had a 50 person reservation at a sushi place down the street from Rogers Centre. Like people just want to be first instead of correct.
1: Yeah and let's be real the Canadian media trips over itself to talk hype Canadian sports up
0: we rolled out the red carpet for no one and then to put the cherry on top not 24 hours later the deal is announced with the Los Angeles Dodgers he stays in LA he gets paid 700 million dollars and the Jays strike out again and that that would have changed everything for this city. It would have been the biggest signing maybe in the history of Toronto sports. They missed out on Juan Soto because they thought they were potentially going to get Shohei. And now they're left with nothing and scrambling to try and fix a team that has not won a playoff game since the 2016 season, despite making it into the playoffs three times and having that young core. How do you like the Dodgers' chances? The, the, the crazy thing is is they spent all this money, and I don't know if it makes them much better. Because wow. Freddie Freeman is a phenomenal first baseman. The Dodgers have a lights-out outfield, and Otani's not going to pitch next year because of his UCL injury, so he's going to pitch two years from now. So they're, the only thing that makes them competitive is apparently the contract is structured so that he makes, like, of it in the first nine years and then the rest of it in the 10th year. So they can just go out and spend a whole bunch of money in other places in those next nine years uh, and then basically bankrupt themselves in year 10. But it's a shocking move. I think it'll make them better two years from now. They're already usually the betting favorite year to year. So in that sense, you can't really make the top team that much better. Um, But it's just the spectacle. He's now in a market where he will be revered at night to night. So, yeah, it's good for the the sport of baseball overall, I'd say, in terms of where they're at and the decline that they're seeing in viewership. But it really stinks for us. Hmm. Better luck
1: sometime and then better luck 10 years from now. (laughs) That's kind of yeah. classic
0: Toronto. You pick him up and like overpay for his next contract. When he's 37. Yeah, exactly. Yuck. Yuck. Well, uh, in much brighter news, the Leafs are down a goalie. Sorry, did I say brighter news? Uh... <laughs> Joseph Wool goes down with a groin injury or ankle injury. Sorry, he'll be week to week. Uh, John Klingberg's down likely, or they did say for the season with Mm -hmm. surgery. They're playing Lagaston, Lavoie, Benoit, and Timmons on a night-to-night basis. Do you know any of those names,
1: No. I I know (laughs) Timmons at this point just because our defensive core has never been healthy. Yeah. But no.
0: Oh, he had a slick feed to, uh, who was it? David Comp on the first goal of the game on Saturday against the predators i mean despite playing four names that people wouldn't have heard of before the start of this season they continue to keep pace with the mm-hmm. top third of the league somehow and i mean that's you got a great regular season team samsonov gives you a great performance in the shutout and we're going to get to see a little bit of martin jones which absolutely terrifies me yeah but they just have to keep kind of a treading water heel, a team that is truly tanking is ready to move off of an asset and they can get a an upgrade at defense um, and potentially an upgrade at goalie if if this wool entry lingers. Do they
1: consider trading
0: Nylander at any point? I'm not optimistic about the contract. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I know. Especially after watching like Hyman leave for nothing, Campbell leave for nothing. I Some mean, of these I'm guys. very glad we like. I'm very glad we didn't take either of those guys and pay them what they wanted to be paid based on how they're playing now. I mean, Hyman's scoring point seven goals per game, so yeah, but he's playing with he, McDavid. Not always, like yeah. he he would have been he okay. would have been perfect for this team. Yeah, it's it's more Campbell that
1: was directed towards. Um, Just like it feels like a career year for Nylander. And I think we overpaid Matthews. And I think that is going to hurt us even more when Nylander looks at what Matthews is doing this season and what he himself is doing this season. Um, Like he's going to want more than Matthews got paid. And I just don't think we can afford that. And so if you already have a really a plethora of forwards and like i think you've really got to consider it and i have no issues with william nylander all my issues are with what the management has done in terms of not signing nylander and overpaying matthews but with the cards you have left in your hand i
0: am afraid to say that starting to feel like the move yeah Uh yeah I'm not ready for that cold calculated conversation yet. Just enjoying the ride and some of the winning they've been doing in the month of November and December. It is, I will never forget the first 15
1: years or so of my life and Leafs fandom and the playoffs just being a realm beyond reach. (laughs) So I'm not at the point of taking regular season success for granted yet, despite our whining every year that
0: it's just the playoffs that matter, show us something new. No, got to enjoy it while it lasts, right? Mm -hmm. Something I enjoyed that looks like it is going to last. Mm -hmm. The NBA in-season tournament here, as we reach the drawing to a close on the podcast this evening, but I want to kind of dial it back to last Monday when we logged off and partook in a number of fantastic quarterfinal games. Pacers, Pelicans, Lakers, controversially <laughs> with the with the timeout call. And uh, and of course, the the Celtics. Oh, oh, oh no, the, Bulls. the Bucks. Sorry, Yeah, sorry. Pacers took out the Celtics. They did, which was the first game I wanted to talk about here because Tyrese Halliburton, this was his coming out party. Mm-hmm. And I know we've known him for a bit because he was a big part of the analysis I did in at our very first year of podcasting. He was a yeah. draft pick. Um, and a guy that got passed on by a surprising number of teams falling all the way, I think 12th to the Kings, right? The Suns took Jalen Smith ahead of him, right. who now plays with Halliburton on the Pacers. Oh. so he's a guy who you saw all of the value he brought very much like a Shea Gilgis Alexander in LAC, where he was an additive player as a young player you could see actually they've kind of followed similar trajectories in their career if we're just being honest and comparing the two right first mm-hmm. time all-stars last year uh I don't, really think I, I don't know if halberton made all nba last year but shea, shea was first team um but just in the ascension that we've seen from them and playing in smaller markets okc halberton was in sacramento and now in indiana which is a Basketball hotbed, but maybe not the largest market in terms yeah. of viewership. And and it's it's guys who are not front-facing stars that you see every day in the NBA landscape. Shea was shown a little bit more because of the fashion piece, and was thrown in our face as Canadians as the leader of that team. Athlete just of the year, by the way. Yeah, just gonna say he was named that today. But Halliburton's a guy who's continued to fly under the radar, unbelievably efficient, phenomenal shooter, playmaker, creator, and finally has the stage where he's elevated his game, making unbelievable sidestep threes, the four-point play late in that Celtics game to really seal it, and then just outpacing the Bucks. They had no legs to run with this Pacers team, and they just simply outscored mm-hmm. them. Anytime they, they were actively trying to run like Malik Beasley in full court pressure uh, as the Lakers did with Vanderbilt and and with Reeves at times and with D'Angelo Russell, but just, he was such an impact in any of those games. Like the one who probably drew the most attention out of any of the players we saw in this tournament, he had no turnovers in the first two games in the quarterfinals and the semis and made some incredible shots and really came out, on this big stage as a force to be reckoned with and a name that now a lot more casual NBA fans will recognize and follow to a greater degree. Though
1: some of the analysis I read over the weekend saying, um, shoot, I can't think of the guy's name. I was going to shout out the analyst. I love his newsletter, but it's uh, Tom Miller, I think. Great sub stack, fully recommend. Uh, wish I could pay for it. um but really crediting the Lakers for just completely shutting him down in the finals, uh, especially a d dominating the paint and um but just the analysis being like this was a playoff level game plan implemented and probably brought on because Halliburton was such a supernova in the first two games,
0: yeah, and and I mean, in the end. The young Pacers team with not a ton, ton of playoff experience tended looked look like they wilted a little bit in the end there uh, in a game that with that much stakes. And what we learned is Halliburton's great, but the Lakers have a ton of size that's going to be tough to handle if they get yeah. into the playoffs, right? AD with 40 and 20 game to add with four blocks and five assists. LeBron seemingly attacking the basket at will. They got Miles Turner into foul trouble. He ended up fouling out with about four minutes left in the game. And even being able to run out additional dudes at different times to cover positions. Like D'Angelo Russell was the shortest guy on the floor a lot of times. And there was probably two or three guys around his size on the other teams for, for most of those games. Like, as much as I love Herb Jones as a defender, he can't defend LeBron yet without putting on some more weight. It's just a different type. He can stay at, in front of almost anyone, but it doesn't matter if you can stay in front of someone if they're going to back you down under the basket and then just put it in over your head. So it's, it was a shocking and interesting sight to see. The Lakers establish themselves so physically, and the disrespect that they showed Zion in that Pelicans game that they won by 40 was... Really deflating if you're a Pelicans fan because that win was so fun against Sacramento. They have a really great collection of talent. It just, the puzzle doesn't quite fit. And Zion is not, I mean, he's year six. He's not the guy. Yeah. He doesn't care. And until he cares, this Pelicans team's not going to be better than what just happened in this in season tournament. And so that was a big takeaway. Lakers went, did away with them, thanks to Austin Reeves and LeBron, who ended up winning the, the MVP of the tournament. But they go in there and they treated this game seriously. This final game doesn't count for your regular season record. And they went and won it anyways. It does count for
1: $500,000, though. So, oh,
0: yeah. And it, that's a big deal for sure. And a lot of incentive. That's two and
1: a half whole vacations for D'Angelo Russell, Owen.
0: Yeah, but if you're Lakers management, you're taxing LeBron and AD in a lot of these games when you might have been resting them at this point in the season. And so from a load management and NBA championship risk, you got to be concerned. But the, I mean, Adam Silver, hats off. This was a success. We're talking about intense fun games in december now podcasts like ours we're gonna talk about the league anyways no matter what's going on yeah but you had fans who didn't really know what was going on tune in because you had a premier power the lakers always helped in drawing fan attention but you had people tuning in ratings were up you had people tuning in at a time when typically everyone's watching football or holiday shopping. So it's it's a big win for the NBA and the NHL and MLB should really take notes.
1: Yeah, I actually did uh, read somewhere that uh, Bettman was asked and he said like, look, if we do something in season, like the priority is Olympics and I have no issues with that. Like, that is priority number one. Just make that happen. He
0: says that, but then they went like two weeks ago and wrote a list of complaints about the facilities in Milan and that they might pull out if things yeah, aren't ready.
1: It, 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 it happens like almost every time. It's the players want it and the fans want it. I am confident this happens and like ready to join the riot that burns down NHL headquarters if it doesn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you can argue the viewership was a success. Having the Lakers be a part of it is going to be great for marketing. I think how much this matters two weeks, four weeks, end of the season, partly depends on how consistent the Lakers stay. It, like, If this is just what team was able to get hot for five games and show up for those finals, maybe matters less. Um, but the West still wide open. If the Lakers stay a top three, top four team and look like a presence, that adds credibility to this win and does makes it feel less of a fluke. Um, the cynical take: this is primarily about money, generated money, and they can probably sell the streaming rights to this. Um, one two three more years from now for just some like ludicrous overpay that like amazon can carry it or someone else who knows uh and lastly i am i don't know if i'm like impressed or disappointed silver didn't just straight up call it the silver cup because like really
0: why not man that would be yeah well I think the reason why they called it the way they did is so they can put a sponsor on it next year or rename yeah. it. They didn't oh, commit yeah. to anything in the first year, kept it very generic. And now that we've seen the success, people are going to be knocking down the door to put their brand on that tournament.
1: I, I never hear anything colloquially refer, referred to by the branding, though. Like, the NBA champions are the NBA champions, not the winners of the Larry O'Brien trophy, the no, the MVP is the MVP. Like no one attaches Kia to it. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's clicks. It's in the article headlines. It, But like it, with it being so bland and vanilla a name, like I wonder if that will stick or what people will be calling it five, 10 years from now.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, you're right. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I'm sure I'm missing many sponsor named. Events and awards, but yeah, like the the sponsors are there. Just no one refers to it by that. Like yeah. So there you have it. LeBron James did something Michael Jordan could never do: leave Vegas (laughs) for five hundred (laughs) thousand (laughs) dollars. I thought he was about to join the Hornets for next year. Just yeah, yeah. No, that that was a tweet I saw and heard pretty clever but yes the nba cup officially my goat (laughs) start the debate in the comments below but thank you everyone so much for listening hope everyone enjoyed the in-season tournament hope everyone enjoyed the nfl and the nhl action we'll be back to chat with you next monday um max i'll let you sign us out here
1: very much looking forward to that made it through the podcast without shivering in my outdoor adjacent room with the door locked and no heater a big win till next week sports next door signing out you get to the station there's this crazy sound
0: hey man this ain't no fishing town yeah they're fishing that ain't all